neither Afra nor Aftra, and finally not SAG either, chose at any time to operate like a hiring hall. That was a deliberate decision. The issue has been raised, the question has been raised within every guild I've ever belonged to, and that includes the Writers Guild, the Directors Guild, and the IA, because I, I used to carry a stagehands card when I was younger. Only the IA operates like a hiring hall, and the others do not call themselves unions. They are guilds or associations, and if the cast is relatively closed on some show or other, that's a production decision. On December 9, 1939, Harold Leopold, 31, switched on his radio in Colorado Canyon City State Prison death row and heard the final chapter of Hollywood Cherry, the current I Love a Mystery serial. Two and a half hours later, according to the Denver Post story, he was led to the gas chamber saying it was great. I got the final solution to the story just in time. I Love a Mystery is my favorite radio program. Leopold died for the murder of a Denver restaurant proprietor. That's Carlton E. Morris, creator of I Love a Mystery, reading one of the news clippings, one of about a million news clippings, I would say, that you have gathered over the years for I Love a Mystery and One Man's Family. People really turned on to your radio efforts, didn't they? They, they really did, and I'm awfully glad that I got in first on these things because it's terrible competition these days. <laughs> I'm just as glad to be out of it. <laughs> well, now, you had done so much with the family, one man's family, and the real solid family life show. When did you turn to writing the adventure and the mystery of I Love a Mystery? Well, in 1939, we had been on... Uh, about seven years on the one man's family? Yeah, about seven years on uh, with the family. I suddenly began to feel I needed something besides the family. It wasn't that I wanted to give the family up, but I wanted to be free for a few hours with something else. So when an uh, advertising agency suggested that they would like to see what I could do in the way of a mystery, they said, write two or three shows what you'd like to do and give us an outline. So I chose three characters, Jack, Doc, and Reggie. I gave several titles. Among them was I Love a Mystery, which the agency selected. They didn't even read the scripts. They just said, uh, okay, well, we've set up a date with NBC. It'll be five times a week. You mean just on the basis of the titles that you submitted? They, and, and your credentials as a writer. Well, of course. Yeah. I've been writing for them, for Standard Brand, for... Yeah five or six years. Were, were you employed by NBC or by the agency at, I was, at that uh, time, up to at, that point? Up to that point, and for quite a long time afterwards, I was on the NBC staff. Mm -hmm. Then, through sponsorship, I began to make so much more money than as a staff writer that I was released from the staff and depended on sponsors for money after that. Carlton E. Morse's I Love a Mystery first took to the air weekdays at 3.15 p.m. on NBC's West Coast Network in January of 1939. Michael Raffetto starred as Jack Packard, head of the A1 Detective Agency. 
with Barton Yarborough as Texan Doc Long and Walt Patterson as the British Reggie York. The show told of three world travelers in search of action, thrills, and mystery, from the ghost towns of windswept Nevada to the jungles of vampire-infested Nicaragua. They righted wrongs, rescued women, battled evil, and explored unknown parts of the globe. By that autumn, it was airing nationally. The show ran from the West Coast for five years, first over NBC's Red Network, then its Blue, and then CBS. It went off the air at the end of 1944, but was revived in the spring of 1948 on ABC, and then from New York for mutual broadcasting in October of 1949. It ran for three more years, this time starring Russell Thorson, Jim Bowles, and Tony Randall, as Thorson remembered. And the uh, I Love a Mystery thing was a complete shocker to me because we used to rehearse in the early days there at NBC on Long Man's Family in the morning. And Carlton and I would usually go down to the restaurant called the Down Under, mm -hmm. the basement of the building, and have lunch. And we were having lunch there one day, and he was paid to telephone. And he came back about five minutes later and said, uh, you want another job? And I said, what kind of a job is this? He said, how do you like to do Jack Packard on I Love a Mystery? He had made the set the deal over the telephone right then at lunchtime. So then we started hunting for casting for uh, I Love a Mystery. Jack Packard was a hero with quiet strength. Once a medical student, he shrugged off superstition in favor of logic. Reggie York was educated, strong, and had the British stiff upper lip. Doc Long was a red-headed alley fighter from Texas who defied the laws of chance and loved women. Well, Jim, how did you get that role then? Do you recall? I think Jimmy McCallion recommended me. And I went over for a quick reading and went home and nothing happened. And then I, uh, I said, I should be doing that role because for years people had told me I sounded like Barton Yarborough. I'd never met him. And so I called up and said, I want to read again. And Carlton said, all right. And so I went in again and he said, do it. Oh, and so yeah. that's how I got Doc. Three characters could be murdered in a single episode. People were killed in ghoulish, imaginative, and sometimes mystifying ways. Throats were ripped out by wolves. There were garrotings, poisonings, and mysterious slashings. We had a great cast on that mm -hmm. show, didn't we? Oh, you we had a marvelous cast. Louis Van Ruten and Bob Dryden did most of the character mm -hmm. stuff on there. They could do voices, all kinds of voices, couldn't they? They were yes, terrific. They were, they were very versatile. Yeah. Was that mutual? Was yeah. that a mutual series? And you did that out of Mutual's uh, New York studios then? Yes, yes, out of Mutual's And was New that York. recorded at the time? Was that done on disc, I suppose, maybe even taped by that point? Huh? No, I don't think it was taped then. I think it was probably disc. It was probably disc. Mm -hmm. But we, it was done live, though. Yeah, but they would, but they would make They a, recorded it for distribution yeah. to other stations. Yeah, because Mutual had a different kind of a, a setup than yeah. the, the other networks, I know. Although the serial went off the air in 1952, in May of 1954, a new audition record was produced for CBS in Hollywood. It starred Thorson, Ben Wright, and Parley Bear. You were part of a select group of actors, I think, who appeared in virtually all of the CBS programs in the 1950s. CBS was the network that hung on the longest Just with dramatic shows. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the workshop and escape and so Yes, like and then do you Suspense. remember Armour Star Theater on Saturday mornings? Mm -hmm. you, I'm sure, like so many of the other actors out here, were doubling on some of the shows and oh, yes. were doing more than one show in a day. You just say you hadn't really arrived until you had a conflict. <laughs> <laughs> I think that radio is the ideal medium 
for a performer because if 12 million people were listening, you were giving 12 million performances. It's too bad that it had to go, but it was a lot of fun while it lasted. <laughs> I love a mystery. The Million Dollar Curse, a new Carlton Morse adventure thriller with Jack Packard, Doc Long, and Reggie York. in the evening in a back street hotel somewhere in San Diego. A few minutes ago, Jack Packard and Doc Long, hearing a girl crying in the next room, investigated and found her lying on her bed, head buried in her arms. She wasn't upset by their unexpected appearance, but warned them away from her. She babbled that she was possessed of the Richard's curse and that she brought death and disaster to any and all who would help her. Jack and Doc finally have calmed her to some degree of coherence. No use. This is the end. You mean you came to this hotel with the intent of taking your own life? Yes. But you're young and beautiful. And evil. Hey, what kind of talk is that? There's no other answer. Everywhere I go, I spread death and destruction. You haven't told us your name yet. Sonny Richards. Sonia, but they call me Sonny. Yeah, I like that. Sonny. You wipe them tears away and Sonny fits you like paper on the wall. You don't know what you're talking about. You're beautifully dressed. That bracelet on your wrist must have cost a lot of money. Everything about you says money. What about your family? There is no family. Just me. I see. Then you're wealthy in your own right. Money. What good is it? What good when... When... When what? When everything I touch turns to dust and ashes under my fingers... Could we have an explanation of that? Why should you? Who are you? What are you doing in my room? Oh, well, I'm Jack Packard. This is Doc Long. I still don't know who you are or what you're doing here. Look, Sugar, there's three of us. Reggie's out just at the moment. Three men eager and willing, looking for trouble. So if you got problems... You you mean you're you're confident men? (laughs) Well, not exactly. We just like excitement. When we find something that interests us, we go after it. And hearing me crying in my room interested you? Oh, honey, if there's one thing we can't stomach, it's hearing a girl cry. You can't help me. Nothing will help but but to put an end to my miserable life. Hey, you stop it talking like that. It's true. Would you mind letting us decide that? Letting you decide? Yes. Tell us what's wrong and let us decide whether or not we can help you. But it's hopeless. Tell us. If we think it's hopeless, we'll walk out of here and let you go ahead with what you intended to do. You... You mean that? I promise. Now then, what is it? It... It's the Richard's curse. Now, you said that before. What do you mean? Every other generation, it falls on some member of the family. Four generations ago, it was my great-aunt four times removed. Two generations ago, it 
with my grandmother. It always falls on one of the women. This, this generation, it's me. Well, what is, uh, what is this Richard's curse? The, the great aunt caused the death of her husband, and, and then she caused the death of her four children. You mean she murdered them? Oh, no, no, she loved them dearly. It, it was accidental. She was cleaning her husband's gun. It, it went off and killed him. The children were burned to death in their home. She locked them in while she was away from the house. They were so little. When she came back, the house was burned down. Oh, but accidents... It's the curse. It's been in the family for, for generations. What about your grandmother? Grandmother, she was kind and gentle. She wore a little knitted shawl around her shoulders, and she spent all her spare time reading her Bible. But, but she was cursed. When she was a girl, the first man she loved was thrown from a horse and killed. But that wasn't her fault. Oh, wait. The next man who loved her fell off a cliff to his death. Was she there at the time? No. Well, then, don't you see how and, silly that... And then she married my grandfather. And after my father and my uncle were born, he, he was drowned. And then when my uncle was 15, she, she shut him up in a closet to punish him, and he was suffocated. Hey. It's, it's always been that way. One of the women in every other generation. And now, what about you? I, I'm worse than any of them. You are? For sure? Yes, I am. I killed my own father and mother. Hey, what? My own father and mother. of Sonny Richard's confession of guilt in just a moment. And as Sonny Richards was saying to Jack and Doc... Yes, I am. The worst of all the richest women in all history. Maybe. Let's hear it. First... First it was my mother and father... You was the cause of their death? Yes. I I wanted to be a flyer. I learned to pilot a plane, and, and one day I got... I got them to go up with me. The plane fell? Yes. They, they were both killed. Oh, please, try not to cry. It, it's all right. I, I haven't much cry left in me. Yeah, here's my handkerchief. Thank you. You were an only child? Yes. And then, then a year ago, I, I became engaged to, to Phil. We'd only been engaged three months when, when his car went over a cliff and... Dead, huh? No. But he was so badly hurt, he'll always be a bedridden cripple. Oh, that's too bad. He would have been better off if he had been killed. But it wasn't your fault. Wait. About six months ago, I began letting Roger come and see me. I was still in love with Phil, but... I thought I should go out a little. And one night, just as Roger was leaving my house, he was held up and and shot. Did they catch the gunman? No. Anymore? Yes. There was an old friend of father's. He used to visit me sometimes. About about four months ago, he fell down the front steps at, at my house. He was hurt so badly, he never recovered. Hey, I'm beginning to think you've got something with that curse. I knew you'd believe me. Oh, rubbish. But, but there's no other explanation. 
Things like that don't happen to other people. You weren't connected in any way with any of these things. They're unfortunate, but they've nothing to do with you. You've let them prey on your mind until you've become morbid. Morbid? Yes, you've developed a guilt complex. If that's all... It isn't. Yesterday, it happened again. You mean somebody else died because of you? Yes. I was to have had lunch yesterday with, with Freddie. I'd only met him a week ago. It, he didn't keep the engagement. And I rang up his home. And you know what they told me? You know what had happened? What? <laughs> Suicide. He killed himself with a gun in his bathroom. Stop <laughs> it. Funny, isn't it? <laughs> you, you struck me. And get hold of yourself. That's it. Cry. It'll do you lots more good. Oh, I wish I were dead. I wish I were dead. Hey, Jack, this is awful. Now go away. Go away and let me do what I've got to do. We're not going anywhere. But you promised. I said we'd go if there wasn't anything we could do. But you can't. We'd like to try. Oh, you fools. You fools. Get out of here. Don't you understand? It'll happen to you, too. If we're willing to take the risk, what's it to you? But I don't want any more blood on my hands. I can't stand it. Don't you understand? I can't stand it. You can stand it for two weeks, can't you? Two weeks? You say the Richards curse is on you. All right. Give us two weeks to lay that curse. You you can't cure a curse. I'll bet money we can. But, but your lives are in danger. We'll take that chance. But, but you mustn't. I'm nothing to you. Hey, wait a minute, sugar. Of course you're something to us. I, I am? Damn right you are. This your world needs all the pretty little old female girls it can get. I, I, I don't understand. That means you're beautiful. But it's always an unforgivable crime to destroy beauty. Is, is that what you meant? Yeah, I, I didn't say it as pretty, but that's the idea. Well, put it this way. From the beginning of time, men have fought and died for beauty. It's one of the few things in the world worth fighting for. You're a beauty. You're worth saving. We think you're enough worth saving to fight for you. It's our right. You can't stop us. No one ever said anything like that to me before. Then you agree? Yes. Under no circumstances, no matter what happens, you won't try to harm yourself for two weeks. Yes. I promise. Good. Now get up and go in the bathroom and wash the tears off your face. I know I shouldn't hope, but I do. Go on. Make yourself more beautiful than you are. Thank you. Thank you. Well, you asked for it, fella. Huh? What do you mean? You know as well as I do that you can't cure curses. What do you think you are, a witch doctor? Curse, huh? Yeah, a curse. In the vernacular of Archimedes, nuts. Now, now look at Jack. Six people connected with Sonny's been killed. Five killed, one hurt. Yeah, but hurt so bad he might as well be dead. What was his name? Oh, uh, Phil. Yeah, well, well, you can't tell me all them folks just happened to die and all within a year. That does sound fishy. Must be a reason for it. The Richard's curse. Now, look, Doc, I want you to stop mentioning that curse business. Yeah, but Jack... Especially in front of her. Never mention it. What's the idea? I want her to forget it. Get it out of her mind. It's unhealthy. Well, son, all I got to say to you is... Well, visitors. Good evening, gentlemen. You were, uh, looking for something? Yes. Sonny Richards. Sonny? Uh, just a minute, Doc. Who are you? My name is Marks. Leslie Marks. I'm Miss Richards' attorney. 
Attorney, huh? And the executor of the Richards estate. I see. Now then, what right have you to be questioning me? Who are you? What are you doing in Sonny's room? We're uh, friends of Miss Richards. Friends? That's what I said. Hmm. Friends. How long has this been going on? Long enough. Sonny hasn't been having many friends lately. Why not? Apparently, you haven't been friends long enough to hear of the Richards' curse. Are you the one who's been filling her mind with that sort of nonsense? <laughs> Pretty serious nonsense. Five people killed, one injured for life. I know all about that. Doc. Uh, yeah? Tell Sonny to come out of the bathroom. Sure. I'll get him. How long have you known Sonny was in this hotel? I found out 15 minutes ago. I've had private operatives out looking for her ever since she disappeared from home this morning. You know why she came here? So you do know. Well, I suspected. That's why I was so frantic to find her. Yeah, some fellow named Mark. There. That's him and Jack. Well, Sonny. Hello, Leslie. I've come to take you home. All right. We're going with you, you know. Uh, What's that? Why not? I've got the house all to myself. But these men, who are they? What right have they... We're taking the rights. Ridiculous. Sonny's bodyguard. Ridiculous. Sonny, as your attorney... As Sonny's I... attorney, you can go take a jump at yourself. So, you won't be warned. About what? The Richards curse. Please, Leslie, please. Listen, you... Take your hand off If I ever me. hear you mention that curse again in the presence of Sonny, I'll tear you limb from limb. Now, get out. Now, look here. Get I... out. Now, get your things together, Sonny. We're going home with you. You shouldn't have done that. He won't take that. Oh, shucks, honey. This is only the beginning. Only the beginning. curse will come to you tomorrow at the same hour. I Love a Mystery, for 16 years, a Carlton E. Morse creation, comes to you Monday through Friday, featuring Russell Thorson as Jack, Polly Bear as Doc Long, and Ben Wright as Reggie York, with Mary Lou Harrington and Emerson Tracy. This is the CBS Radio Network. You made a comment before we started chatting here for our tape recorder about the demise of radio, the short life of it. Well, it was a wonderful and exciting life. When I went to Chicago, I believe, there was something like 41 dramatic radio shows coming out of Chicago, 41 mm. a week, mm. separate shows. And I think when we left there in in 1942 to come out here there were about five or six left it just the bottom simply fell out of it and i missed it very much i enjoyed radio very much but of course it was mostly television after the war that oh, yes. uh, really shut the lid on uh, it completely on shut radio. the lid on it
But you were very much involved with radio right up to the very end. Right uh, up to the end, yeah. I guess CBS was the last of the... Yes, I think I, I think I did the last radio show, network radio show that was done here, dramatic show, called Johnny Dollar. Bob Bailey, next mm -hmm. Chicagoan, was playing Johnny Dollar on it.